I'd like you to join me in reading the first scripture from Galatians chapter 5. Join me in reading that, would you please? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And then the key text for this morning that will be unfolded for us from John 5. Listen to this. Be patient then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop? And how patient he is for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Brothers, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we consider blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. The end of the reading. Patient living in an instant world. First, I want to put into perspective this fruit of the Spirit, this facet of the diamond of God's love called patience. I believe with all my heart that the fruit, the intended consequence of character in us by God's Holy Spirit is love. Love is the character trait of God the Father. Love is the character trait of Jesus the Son. Love is the character trait of the Holy Spirit. Consequently, love in my life and your life is because of the Holy Spirit in us. It doesn't come naturally. It's a gift from God. And joy, one facet of the diamond of love, joy is love smiling. It is loving by choice. It is choosing to love. You are loved by God, and when you know it, you smile. It can't be helped. You know that you're loved by God. Why would he do that? But he does. God's love for us is delightful, unearned, undeserved, freely given. Likewise, when you choose to love because of God in your life, it also puts a smile on you, but it does something more. It puts a smile on those who are with you because the delight of God's love in your life becomes a <clears throat> delight for them through you. They're delighted to be with you because the love of God comes through. That's God's plan. It's always been God's plan. Peace is love's goal. God's love for us overcame the obstacle of all sin, all disobedience, and sin's consequence, which is death. Love is all about relationships, reconciled relationships, and the consequence is peace. Healthy, at-peace relationships are the goal of love. It's meant to connect us, to network us, to buoy us, to encourage us so that we share life together. God said it's not good for the guy to be alone. It's not good for the gal to be alone. It's not good for people to be alone. It's not that we don't need some alone time in our lives, but overall we are meant for relationship. We are not psychological beings as much as we are sociological beings in God's creative plan. The patience 
comes because love is under pressure. Patience is an attitude toward people and a practice with people that sticks with them no matter how unreasonable or how unresponsive they may be. Do you have unreasonable people in your life? Do you have unresponsive people in your life? If you don't, you know what's coming, don't you? You may be the unreasonable, unresponsible one. Patience means that we will continue to love them no matter what they do or don't do. Just as God has done and does with each of us. God doesn't stop loving us when we mess up. He continues to draw us to himself and express his love for us in his son and the coming of his spirit to convict us, to help us see the wrong that we're into so that we can return to his love and be restored, reconciled to him. Once again, love is the diamond and patience is love, continuing even when it's under pressure to give up. One of my early thoughts as I was preparing the sermon was to help you all practice this facet of patience by preaching a very long sermon. <laughs> I rethought that. <laughs> Now, that's an interaction I enjoy. <laughs> Here's the problem in our world. We live in an instant society. Fast food, ugh. instant replay, all the time. Instant rebates, instant satisfaction, instant service, microwave ovens, drive through everything, express lanes, I could go on. Our credit cards and their time payments relieve us even of the need for patience before making a purchase. Of course, we may complain that we're patiently paying our credit card bills, yet that is more the penalty of being impatient than it is the exercise of patience before buying. Christians desire now as much as anyone else. We want Christian maturity instantly without study. We want God's answer to our prayers today because it's very important to us now. We even pray, God, I pray for patience today, now, right away. A church in Florida advertises 22-minute long services. Sermons are eight minutes max. If you're gone next Sunday, I know where you are. Here's my take on this. Sermonettes given by preacherettes lead to Christianettes. Let me give you a little Greek lesson on patience. Patience, macrothumia. Macro is far, long, huge. Thumio is heat. We get the word thermometer. We get the hyphenated word thermonuclear from thumio. Macrothomia. It takes a long time before I'll get heated up. Or maybe a more profound way to say it today. It takes a long time before I will get nuclear. Pray with me as we unwrap this facet of patience 
in the diamond of love that we are in Christ. Father, bless us with your word this morning. May we not only hear from you, may we be empowered in a fresh way to be the people who not only listen, but who do what you say to us by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. We need patience because God's love is constantly being tested. God's love in us in particular. One way our facet of patience to love gets tested is when people disappoint us. Key word, underline the blank on your notes. Disappoint. When people disappoint us. In 2 Timothy chapter 4 we read, Do your best to come to me quickly. For Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he's helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas and my scrolls, especially the parchments. Alexander the metal worker did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. You too should be on your guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it, and I was delivered from the lion's mouth. Note what happened here, the disappointment in Paul as he wrote about what had taken place. Demas, Crescens, and Titus left him. Alexander did him harm, and the gospel harm. No one supported him. Instead, they deserted him. That's a bag full of disappointment. Patience, which is the continuation of love, is essential when we are disappointed. And we know from Paul's life and reading on in this text from 2 Timothy, we discover that he didn't give up loving because God doesn't give up loving. Because of God's love in him, Paul kept loving, inviting, including and seeking to bring the gospel to these people through Timothy and others who came back to help him. A second way our facet of patience to love gets tested is when troubles blindside us. The second word, blindsided. In 2 Corinthians, we read from Paul, Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods, once with pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent night and day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own people, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I've labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. He's been blindsided a lot. A lot. Flogged, beaten, stoned, shipwrecked, dangerous places, dangerous people, sleepless nights, hungry, thirsty, cold, and stripped of his clothing, naked. Blindsided. Constant. Sad. Patience, the continuation of love, is essential when we're blindsided. We'll be blindsided. 
Don't give up loving. God doesn't. We are the people of God. It's God's way, or it's not. And God's way is to stay loving, no matter what comes our way. Because of God's love in him, Paul didn't give up loving. A third way our facet of patience to love gets tested is when pressures overwhelm us. In 2 Corinthians 11, besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? The daily grind is so challenging. Don't give up. Don't give in. Keep loving. That's the call of God in our lives. And no one is excluded from that call to give love to. Everyone. Because Jesus did this to embrace the world. He so loved the world, he gave his life. That's the love of God fully acted out. Why should the church of Jesus be different than Jesus? Shouldn't we be like him? We need to help each other here. It's hard. Because the daily grind, the blindsided, the unforgiving, unrepentant naysayers in our world still need to be loved into the kingdom. People aren't shamed to Christ and stay there. People are loved to Christ and won there. Do you have people who disappoint? Do you have problems that blindside? Do you have pressures that overwhelm? How do we keep our cool? How do we rise above that stuff? It's so powerful. How do we make progress with patience? How do we keep on loving? Three steps. There are more. Three will be enough for now. One step to help us stay patient and to keep on loving is remember the results. The fourth word, results. In Ephesians 4, we read, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Don't forget what happened when you received Christ. What has happened in your past. How God has come through. Prayers that have been so marvelously answered beyond your wildest dream. It became better than what you'd even prayed for. Remember the results. When we lived in Minnesota, it was colder than it is here. I'm comparing to real winters here, not this one. And every day on the morning radio, they would give not only the weather report, they would give the pothole report on the major roads in Minneapolis. You needed to remember where those potholes were located. It was on the highway, right lane, middle lane, left lane, and you had to work at making sure which lane do I need to stay in because one of them every morning was called a Volkswagen eating pothole. And there were times when we would be driving down like Highway 100 
and we would see five or six cars on the side of the road. All of them had blown their tires because they ate the pothole that morning. So you had to make a change. If you're used to driving in a certain lane going somewhere, you need to make a change so that you avoid the pothole that you've been warned about. Remember the results of sticking to your own lane when you've been given a warning. Remember the results of what God gives to us. In Romans 6, Paul writes, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. The ultimate consequence of our behavior is for good or for ill. We will get paid for staying in the same lane and not allowing God to change us. We also get paid for going in the lane that God has said we need to be in so that we can enjoy a smooth, as smooth as possible ride that we have. Oh, we'll still get blindsided. We'll still get overwhelmed. We'll still be disappointed at some things that go on around us but at least we will be traveling in the right lane that God has prepared for us. So we have to learn to plan. Plan for the day, plan for the week. One of the things I love about living 40 minutes away from here is my drive in the morning coming here and my drive after work going home. Going home, it's winding down from all the pressure. Coming here, it's thinking and praying through the day and praying for the very important people that are driving on the road with me that have a need to go from lane to lane and cut people off because they're very important and have to get somewhere quickly. It's a good opportunity for prayer. It's a great opportunity to prepare. Proverbs 21.5 reads, The plans of the diligent leads to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. Here's a good prayer to pray on this topic. Lord, I plan to live life your way. I know you're in me to love others. This day, in this meeting, in this relationship, help me to love as you would. I believe that's your plan. And because of that, it's my plan too. Amen. Another step to help us stay patient and keep on loving is to reflect before reacting. James 1. My dear brothers and sisters... Take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because our anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Look at the contrasts. Quick, slow, and slow. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. There are things that the Lord is slow about. Listen to this popcorn of a couple texts. Nehemiah 9. They refused to listen and failed to remember the miracles you performed among them. They became stiff-necked and in their rebellion appointed a leader in order to return to their slavery. But you are a forgiving God, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. Or Psalm 103, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. Jonah 4, he prayed to the Lord, isn't this what I said, Lord, that when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. 2 Peter 3, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient, slow with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone 
to come to repentance. So how do we slow down? We slow down when we learn to prioritize. We commit ourselves and all that we are to do what the Lord has called us to do. In Proverbs 16, commit to the Lord whatever you do. He will establish your plans. And always do first things first. Matthew 6, seek first his kingdom, his righteousness. All these other things will be given to you. But begin with him, his plan. And his plan is always to love. What's the main thing the Bible says about God? God is love. He is. The third step, the final step to help us be patient and keep on loving is to zoom in on our relationship with God. 1 Timothy 1. For this very reason I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Trials, struggles, all those will try to make us discouraged. And God sometimes allows those to come into our life so that we will grow, we will be in better shape to face what may be coming in the future. Patience is sticking with God and his love for others no matter the challenges to that love. 2 Corinthians 1. So when we're weighed down with troubles, it is for your benefit and salvation. For when God comforts us, it is so we, in turn, can be an encouragement to you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. As I hear stories from some of you of your life and things you have struggled with, impositions that have been placed upon you, I am not only challenged, I am blessed and helped to face my little problems better because of the story that you've shared with me of God working with you. In James chapter 5, be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. The farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient. Stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. There is an end. There is a finish line. There's time when patience will no longer be needed. But until then, we're to persevere, loving, patiently. We need to learn to pray. Don't worry about anything, Paul writes in Philippians. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. And I've discovered a little key When someone is an irritation in my life, they become a prayer focus for me. It's hard to be upset, angry, dismissive with someone you're actually praying for. Pray for them. Which is why Jesus said, pray for your enemies, those who persecute. It's an old legend But it's a nice story. Abraham one day was sitting by his tent door when he saw an old man coming along the way. He was weary. It was obvious he was hunched. He had bleeding feet. And with true hospitality, Abraham, this Bedouin, invited the old man to share his meal and be lodged with him for the night. As the meal was brought out, 
he noticed that this man asked no blessing on the meal and inquired why he did not pray to the God of heaven. And the old man said to Abraham, I'm a fire worshiper and acknowledge no other God. At this, Abraham became angry and sent him out of his tent and on his way. Later, God called out to Abraham, Where's the old man I sent to you? And Abraham answered, I thrust him out because he did not worship you. Then God said, I have suffered him these hundred years, though he dishonored me, and you could not endure him one night? We are the instruments of God. We may be the only example of God's love that some will ever see. How are we doing? There are two kinds of people in our world. There are those who make patience a need for others to practice. <laughs> and there are those who build hope, who reach out, who care and endure rejection, yet keep on loving, allowing Jesus' love to shine through them. Which are we? Which do we think God wants us to be? I'm convinced that we are to be a people who persevere in love for God and for others, all others. It is true that patience is love under pressure. However, I am even more convinced that patience is love's perseverance. It's keeping on loving, always keeping on loving. Let us persevere in that love. Pray with me. We know, Father, that your desire is to transform us to be like your son, Jesus. Help us submit to you without reservation so that how he loved will become how we love as well. We are his body, the church. He is our head. Make us become the lovers of people as you intend. Your love never fails. Help us to be in that train as well. In Jesus' name. Amen.